we need journalists who are inside Gaza right now because they would be our eyes to what's happening. And in many ways, we rely on journalists to provide timely, accurate, and independent information in time of crisis, in time of conflict. Hello and welcome to The Interview, our weekly podcast featuring conversations with top figures in media and politics. I'm Diana Felzone, your co-host and senior reporter at Mediaite. For this week's episode of The Interview, I'm joined by Sharif Monsur, a press freedom advocate and Middle East expert who works for the Committee to Protect Journalists as program coordinator for the Middle East and North Africa. CPJ is investigating and documenting all reports of journalists killed, injured, detained, or missing in the region since the current conflict began on October 7th. We discuss the work of CPJ, a nonprofit organization that defends the freedom of the press, the toll of the Israel-Hamas war, and its devastating impact on journalists trying to cover it. Thank you for joining us, Sharif. Thank you for having me, Diana. Tell us what you're hearing from journalists in Gaza trying to cover this conflict. Well, this has been the deadliest time uh, for them. Many of them have lost colleagues. According to our most recent count, yesterday was 23 journalists. Majority, 19 of them, are Palestinians, uh, photojournalists, freelance journalists who were killed covering airstrike since the conflict started close to two weeks ago. Many of those journalists have reported also losing their media facilities. Dozens of them were bombed. Uh, Many were clustered in uh, long high-rise towers that were uh, bombed in airstrikes. Uh, many of also have lost their homes in those airstrikes or had to flee south in order to find some safety. Uh, those numbers also uh, include uh, not much about what's happening across the West Bank and Israel, where we have seen recently arise in assaults, uh, physical assaults, uh, efforts to disrupt coverage of journalists, um, who are trying to cover the conflicts safer outside Gaza. What about this particular war that is making it so dangerous for reporters? You mentioned about the airstrikes. Is that is that the hardest part for journalists to be able to safely find shelter, to be able to cover this conflict? So we have covered all the past Gaza wars and over the course of 11 years since 2012, uh, journalists were killed in airstrikes, media facilities were also destructed, but not in that number. This is the heaviest toll we've seen, not just for the Gaza or for the Palestinian Israeli conflict. Across the world, there is only one um, incident that's not completely comparable in 2009 in the Philippines, where close to 30 journalists were killed in an ambush in one incident, but not in recent memory. And since 1992, when CPJ started documenting, we have seen that many in that short time. Um, We have covered Syria, for example, over the last 10 years. Uh, the most number of journalists killed worldwide were killed covering the Syria conflict, but at the highest, it was uh, 
around 30 journalists killed 2012 and 2013, and that was over a whole year. Of course, the, the fact many of those were killed in airstrike highlight the risk faced, particularly by journalists in Gaza, uh, unprecedented number of airstrikes that have taken place, but also many of them face exponential threats, including being uh, arrested or detained in raids and possibly in ground invasion. And many of them also reported lack of access to internet or to electricity to even continue to go to work. Yes. Um, also on October 18th, the CPJ organization urged Israel not to shut down the local bureau of Qatari broadcaster Al Jazeera so that the media could report on news events in Israel and Gaza during the current conflict. Can you explain what is going on? So we saw this as a proposal by one of the government officials in Israel that was cleared by legal review from uh, one part of the government and we are waiting to see if the war cabinet would approve it and made it operational and it's unprecedented it allows the government uh, to charge citizens including israeli citizens of uh, vague uh, charges of harming national moran or harming or endangering national security and it also would allow the government to shut down and uh, cut broadcast of satellite and media outlets. It's unprecedented, but it also it's not the first time the government have tried to use these. In 2017, they've tried to pass it, but they couldn't in order to stop Al Jazeera from covering protests. And we think this time specifically, it's very concerning because First of all, Al Jazeera is one of the few outlets who continue to maintain physical presence during this conflict in both Gaza and Israel and the West Bank. They have even correspondents who have been uh, injured covering the conflict in Lebanon uh, a week ago when a Reuters journalist was killed. They've also been uh, one of the earliest Arab uh, satellite station to host Israelis on their shows. And for, you know, more than 25 years, they have been a main source of news across the region that didn't exist from before. They're also a global, one of the most uh, prominent global South media organizations who've covered conflict across the Middle East and in the world. And what we see here is that... Uh, we want to make sure that there is a polarity of media who represent all views, who can continue to operate, because this is the only way we can hold power to account in a time of war. And when you say that the importance of keeping this particular bureau open is so that there is there is freedom of the press, there is the ability to report what is happening and not having it be po uh, populated with what you would say is potentially misinformation or propaganda-like news. Well, we we need journalists who are inside Gaza right now because they would be our eyes to what's happening. And in many ways, we rely on journalists to provide timely, accurate 
and independent information in time of crisis, in time of conflict, but also in time of war to hold both warring parties accountable. We rely on them to understand the motivations behind the warring parties and the implications of their policies. Um, it's not just news that will interest local population, and it is of a great interest for the safety of so many Palestinian and Israelis right now, but it is something of interest for hundreds of millions around the world who are watching this heartbreaking conflict and also seeing the sacrifices a lot of Palestinian journalists made, have already made in order to tell that story. Is there any way to better protect journalists in Gaza? Is there, there are any things that, that they can do to stay safe? For many of them, unfortunately, it's not possible to avoid uh, active combat situation. But we do ask any of them, if they have an option, to uh, cover the situation safely. We have seen reports of journalists even stopping working after seeing their colleagues die. And some of them saying they would rather die with their families right now than even take a risk of being outside. But those who continue to do so, continue to do so knowing that without them, we have nothing left but disinformation and misinformation that can only fuel the conflict. How do you suggest reporters based in the United States cover this war? Now, this is a, a loaded question in so many ways, but what are journalists here getting right and what are they getting wrong? Because there is such sparse information coming out of Gaza. I know for myself, I've been trying to stay in touch with some Gaza-based journalists and it's been very difficult due to the lack of electricity, uh, the internet. One journalist told me that they've been without power for 14 days. So that it's it's very hard to get that correct information from the ground out. Well, it's been hard. It's been tough for everyone who's trying to cover this conflict. It's not just the deadly risk that a lot of them are paying right now on the ground. But even if you're trying your best to stay neutral, it's not going to be easy. And I think what we what we rely on journalists and editors is to tell the story fairly. Uh, we don't usually do any media analysis. It's not our focus at CPJ. But we do feel that at least censorship that we have so happen in the West Bank and Israel, for example, where are directly involved people and where we want to see vital voices heard, we worry so much that we see censorship enforced by the government. And we, of course, know that only by having verified, critical, independent information from the ground, we can have... Uh, uh, a better informed discussion about the future of this conflict that can take in consideration civilian 
casualties and take into consideration the protection and the safety of journalists in order to have this information. We know that you know that those who are covering from afar are not also distant from the impact of war. They see the human suffering and they see the impact of the war. And it doesn't matter where they are, it will impact you, it will impact your mental health. So while we do provide some guidelines for journalists about physical security, physical safety, we also ask of them to understand what trauma, vicarious trauma happens during covering of those issues and what it has in terms of uh, post-traumatic stress impact on journalists themselves and their outlets uh, moving forward. That's a very important uh, thing to note because I think when you're almost a bystander to history or to war and you're reporting upon it, you don't think about that, that impact because you're not necessarily on the ground and, and firsthand witness to these things, but it's um, almost by, like you said, by, by the coverage of it, by seeing the photos, the videos, speaking to journalists who are there, feeling their their strife and their pain and their devastation. Um, and that's an important note to talk about a journalist's uh, mental health for those there and for those that are are, are far away. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's a good thing to mention because I don't think it's talked about enough in the, in the news world. Oh. Thank you. And yes, there are resources for people to seek help, even if they don't have the support of a newsroom as freelancers, but it is something that, uh, you know, even if you're a journalist covering on the ground right now, you go back to your normal life or you go to a different country and it still follows you. For those uh, journalists that are in, in, in Gaza, many of them are freelancers and they don't have the support of a newsroom. A lot of them are even citizen journalists where they are taking their, their iPhones and they're covering it because that is the only device they have. Um, their importance at this pivotal time in history uh, cannot be ignored because like you said, mostly we're getting a lot of this information from the freelancers, is that is that correct? Yeah, unfortunately they are uh, the most needed right now, but they're also the most vulnerable. Uh, they face an outside challenge uh, to their own risk. And it hasn't just started this time around there has been a dwindling number of international media uh, organization, international journalists who covered Gaza because of the casualties and the risk involved over the years. Um, just one year ago, a Palestinian-American journalist working with Al Jazeera, a prominent person, Shirina Bakla, was shot dead uh, covering uh, an Israeli raid in Jenin, and no one was held accountable. And just two years ago, we all watched Al Jazeera and the press building in Gaza being bombed by an Israeli airstrike, and also nothing happened, no one was held accountable. 
Of course, it does matter a lot uh, in terms of safety. If you can tell the story, uh, if you are a local journalist or an international journalist, and we have seen in our record in examining those cases that the Israeli government would care uh, to respond at least and justify if the people impacted, the journalists who were killed, for example, had other nationalities other than being Palestinian alone. No, it's um, it's vital work. And um, like you said, holding holding truth to power. And that's what journalists are intended to do. Um, so thank you for the work that you and your organization do and for for letting us know um, how how the Israel Hamas war is is uh, sadly one of the the deadliest for journalists that we've seen. Um, and we will be following all of the information that you're providing to to us. So thank you, Sharif. Thank you, Deanna, and thank you, audience. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Interview. Please subscribe to The Interview on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and check out our coverage of this interview with Sharif Mansour on Mediate.com.